Welcome to What Are You Talking About? Today, I'm joined by Cassidy Lance McWhirter. She's a five times CrossFit Games athlete who has won the Open and two times regionals champion also. She's a mum of two, soon to be three, and in her career has opened three CrossFit gyms and is now a pre and postnatal coach with a passion for helping women and giving them the tools and support through their pregnancies and post baby. I absolutely love this chat and hope you enjoy too. Don't forget to like, follow, rate and subscribe to support us and be the first to hear all about our new content and episodes. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Cassidy, thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, I really, really appreciate you chatting. How are things with you currently? How are you? No, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be on here and um, it's a pleasure to be on here with you. So I appreciate it. Um, we're doing well over here. I'm currently 29 weeks pregnant. So just growing another baby and then busy with my two sons. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Yeah, you are keeping busy. And I know like we'll talk a lot about it, but obviously pregnancy and having kids kind of is your business as well now, as well as your life. So does it just kind of take over everything? It is. Yeah, it takes over. So I try to structure my work schedule, um, you know, around the kids schedule. So that's hard. Um, and trying to like fit everything in like Tuesdays and Thursdays are definitely like my busy days because they're at school and daycare those days. But then every other day is, you know, playing with kids and then just trying to check in with clients in the evening and work at home. So it is busy. So yes, it's all about kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's a great, it's so great. And I love that it's, it's now your business as well because you know about it and I, I want to kind of talk about that a lot but to kind of to go back obviously you are a very very well-known CrossFit athlete and you have been so successful in that um I want to kind of dip in to how you discovered CrossFit and how you kind of had the successful career you had um but growing up is it you were a gymnast is that right and that's how you kind of got into all your fitness and everything yeah, thank you. Yes, um, I appreciate it. CrossFit was a very good passion and I still have a high passion for it. It's so fun watching the semifinals the last couple of weekends, but I got into it after my gymnastics career. Yes, I tore my ACL multiple times and had a career ending injury with that. So I needed something. Um, so one of my old teammates said, you can get in shape in five minutes. And I honestly didn't believe her. And I did my first workout and I told this story a couple of times, but I cheated on my first workout because it was so hard and, um, you know, it's embarrassing, but I couldn't keep up with the girls. And so I think that was like so motivating that you can find something else that's, you know, gymnastics was six hours a day for so long, um, a long period of my life that being conditioned in five minutes, you know, doing a five minute workout or a wad didn't seem realistic and really it was obviously you need more than five minutes but you know some work you do the lifting and warm up and accessory and all that stuff but so it just kind of grew as like that passion that's what I love to do and I love to work out and just like anyone else I love to compete and you know push the boundaries of where you are and never found that limit um so kept digging and kept digging. And I think most of the people find the same thing with CrossFit. So that's where I am at today. So competed as long as I could. Obviously, I wanted to go longer, but having kids is, you know, another journey, another story. And it's really hard to grow a family and 
compete and have a family at the same time. So working and um, working, doing what I do with pregnancy and nutrition coaching gives me that whole passion as well. And still being able to, you know, crossfit, crossfit with my son all the, every morning he comes out, we were just, he was just doing wassets with me and he was timing me on my phone and um, it teaches him how to count and, you know, exercise and fitness. Um, so he knows that like, this is the routine in the morning when the other kid goes to sleep, he comes out and we do a workout together. And so it's fun family bonding. Um, and we get a play outside in the toys. Um, but yeah, so that's where we're at. Sorry. I just kind of rambled. On, no, on I love it. I'm all about rambling. I swear you get all the good information. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you started like CrossFit, obviously you I assume a lot of the skills with the conditioning and the discipline and obviously the gymnastics movements came relatively easy to you. Um, but how, like, how easy did you find that transition transition into kind of doing CrossFit as a sport and then eventually going into competing? Yeah, I think the competing part was the easier part, right? You show up and like the lights turn on and the audience is cheering and then you just get that adrenaline going. I don't know if the skills transfer over because women's gymnastics is so different than men's gymnastics and you see a lot more men's gymnastics in CrossFit such as the rings you know and so it's just very different it's not now they're coming to be more technical I mean handstand push-ups yes but different in a sense handstand walking yes that that all is incorporated into women's gymnastics but the toes to bar the ring muscle ups you know the bar muscle ups those aren't necessarily women's skills so but what helps from gymnastics is the body awareness and um the ability to know your body and where and the corrections you were corrected so much as a child growing up you know I started at three years old until I was 21 years old of doing gymnastics and someone coaching me on where my body awareness is and so taking that into CrossFit it was like okay I, this feels wrong what does the coach say and you're able to change that very quickly so I think that's where a lot of gymnasts have like the um upper hand with the body awareness yeah I suppose it all I was just saying like the competing had you obviously competed a lot in gymnastics so actually I suppose when you started competing in CrossFit was it daunting or was it quite like second nature to you um I think it was second nature like like I said the lights go on and the adrenaline comes out and it's you you turn on like I was always a bit much better competitor than I was a tr like training wise um Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, it was, did it feel quite natural to be competing again, even though it was? Yeah, it was sport? definitely, yeah, it was definitely natural to compete again. I think um, figuring out, like, the hard part was like the nutrition and figuring out the food and the adrenaline, because in gymnastics, it's one, you do four events and those are a minute and a half each and you just kind of rotate through so right it's over three hours, but then it's done. Where CrossFit is like all out 100% intensity then you have to recover and then you have to do it again you have to do that multiple times and you do it over multiple days so I think that part is the harder part to figure out than when we compare it to gymnastics yeah and did Days. you always uh sorry go on <laughs> just a one-day competition versus like the games is a multi-day competition yeah it is so much and I think people I mean I forget even like I'm watching these people and I'm like oh yeah so you know day three and I'm like actually that is so much intensity. But when you, I suppose, when you started CrossFit to just kind of get your fitness in and to do this, 
did you intend to go on and do it professionally straight away or was it quite a slow process absolutely not they <laughs> i was at my first gym crossfit uh northwest in seattle and they were like you should compete and i was like no like it was just kind of like a side thing. I was just a hobby to me. Um, we ended up going to the games in 2010 um, as a team. And I honestly, like I was still kind of like in the mental state of I was injured. Like this is not gymnastics. This is not, I, I'm not taking it seriously. And then after the fact, it was kind of like a wake up call. Like this is really cool. Like I can take this seriously. And I started to put more and more effort into it as the years went on. I wish I put more effort into it when I first started, because I think there would have been a lot more, um, not necessarily gratitude, but maybe a little bit more reward earlier, um, than the later years. And, you know, I got older, the 2017 2018 the recovery was harder but also lessons had learned so a little bit smarter as an adult athlete versus like a young 20 year old athlete mm. and you so I suppose you kind of started CrossFit in the time where it was becoming a mass like a, a much bigger sport or started competing even you know regionals became much bigger the games became much bigger there was a lot of change over them them years um going forward like into like your first regionals and everything did you always have a goal to make it to the games or again at this point were you still trying to just figure it all out yeah and the first year I mean it was hard because like you said it was still upcoming like everything was you know you're learning like Chris Clever had just won the year before then Annie had won and so like you don't think of these girls as legends and now that you know I've known them for so long like and competed with them for so long yeah they're definitely huge legends to me but the the first couple of years was just like it yeah it wasn't a big deal to me and I wish I took it more seriously and now I definitely do take it more serious um and as the years went on it did become more serious and became into my career in a professional sport but at, when we first started it was just kind of a hobby I love that but I think actually it probably shows you know your gratitude more because you've done it as kind of a student and as someone who's very new and just enjoys it and then obviously going in to this amazing competitive career that you had um talk about a few moments that like you've won regionals you won the open did you ever expect that level of kind of you know being that good at this sport especially in a time where it grew so much yeah as we as the years progressed, especially 2017, my and 2018, like I really, really wanted to stand on the podium. And I really believed that I had the chance, especially in 2018. And there was some mistakes at the games that still like haunt me to this day, like I'm just errors on my end um, that held me back. And I just feel like if those errors weren't there, right, I could have been, I would have been, I could wish I could have done that. Um, so I put all my effort in, I knew 2017 and 2018 were going to be close to my end years because we wanted to start a family. And um, being of what we had to go through IVF, so we knew we couldn't do that while we competed, while I competed. So we put every ounce of effort into those two years to make them the best possible. And they were. Um, I so yes winning the open was outstanding I honestly didn't look at the leaderboard that year I had a great training partner um I had great coaches I had a great team I had you know a nurse 
that helped me. I had, um, chiropractors and massage therapists. I had a full team and I was just like ready to go, um, every step of the way. And I just had my eyes forward and, um, you know, the song by Imagine Dragons, um, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, but it's about the horse racing, like putting on the blinders and just going forward. I listened to that every single day when season started driving to the gym, because we had a 45 minute drive to the gym. And it was just like constant in my head that like blinders on look forward. So, and then our Tia messaged me and she was like, Hey, you can win the open. I'm going to tell you what my score is. And she was so sweet. And I didn't even know that I was so close on the leaderboard in 2018, because I was just so focused on what I needed to do, um, that I wasn't looking at the leaderboard in the years past the leaderboard, um, just kind of got in the way and it frazzles you. And you think like you have to repeat and repeat and repeat, or you didn't do well enough, or you're, you're doing well enough. And then you don't need to repeat and all that stuff. So if I felt like those workouts were completed as best that I could be, then I put it to the past and moved on and used that just as my training. And I still did multiple workouts in that same day to keep going. You know, it wasn't like the regular gym membership where you just go in, you do the open and then you're exhausted for the whole weekend. No, I still worked out rest of the day and through the weekend. So it was just kind of like part of the training. Um, and so my real hope for 2018, especially was to get on that podium. I really believed I could get on that podium. And I still believed if I missed those errors, um, I could have, but again, Hey, it's how it turns out. It's the luck of the draw. Right. Right. Indeed. Going back to winning the open, it's one of these things that it happens every year and it's such a big deal, but I almost feel like people don't really talk about it that much because I suppose now getting to the games is, such quite a long process you know with quarterfinals semifinals etc did you did you have an aim to like do well in the open obviously you weren't looking at the leaderboard or was it just I need to do well enough to get me to the next stage um at the beginning you know it was just well enough to do get um into the next stage but then you know those years 2017 2018 was you needed to do well enough to seed yourself to put yourself in the last heat and so the years prior I wasn't I just kind of got by doing the open not really you know repeating workouts if you needed to or and I honestly didn't repeat in 2017, 2018, I didn't repeat any workouts, but you know, in the years past, if you think about that seating wise, you needed to put yourself in the best heat. So if you messed up or you think you can get a higher lift, you want to repeat it. Um, so then in 2017 and 18, you, I really wanted to do well in the open because I wanted to be in that last heat going into regionals. Um, so that was kind of the goal. It wasn't just to like be the top 60 to move on. It was to get to that final heat because then you're in with the competitive athletes at the end. Now this, this year was crazy because there was five heats of competitive athletes in semifinals watching it. Like you didn't, it wasn't all in the end. They were, the leaderboard was all over the place, which was so cool with like programming and how it worked the years past. That's not how it was. It, it's, it has really changed, but I think it's really cool to watch how it's changed over the years. And I suppose in a tactic wise for you, obviously how you compete as an athlete changes over the years, uh, getting to kind of like regionals and, obviously being on podium at regionals that's obviously such an amazing thing do you get 
when you're at that point do you get to celebrate and to take that all in or is it kind of again like blinders forwards right okay cool this is done but it's games time now no I always went out and celebrated <laughs> would go out always to Mexican after that's always what I wanted and we would just I'm not even gonna hide this back but we would take tequila shots and we would drink all night and me and my coach would have so much fun and I don't even remember half the night because we would <laughs> celebrate so hard so no we would definitely celebrate that night and then we would take a week or two you know to downtime and relax and then before hitting it you you have to it's such a long process going from the open, like from February, you know, and then to regionals, which was always, I don't know why I had Memorial weekend all the time. And then mine was always Memorial weekend. And then um, the games is in August. So it's a long season. So you definitely have to take some downtime going from the open to regionals. There wasn't a lot of downtime because it was just trying to like peak through regionals. Right. And then getting them better through the games. Um, but yeah, definitely after regionals, when you have such a big adrenaline and big competition, you definitely need some downtime. I can imagine it's again, it's just so full on and there's so much that goes into it that I think so many of us, you know, we sit and we watch regionals or semifinals or the games and you are like, oh, they've got, you know, they're working out for five days or whatever. But actually all of that time in between that you really focus on. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the 2018 games because I think even now watching back the coverage and obviously there was a documentary a few years later, um, but there's one moment and I talk about this a lot. I talk about the fact that there are games moments that kind of go down in history um, and it was the clean and jerk ladder that you competed in um, going through the heats. There was a moment at the end and you secured fifth place kind of whatever you did and you were at this final barbell and I think, and I'll share it when I share the podcast, kind of so people can watch it back. Um, can you talk me through that moment a little bit? I won't kind of, I'll let you explain it. Um, but to explain, you had secured fifth place in that workout, no matter what you'd done. The other four girls had completed their final lift and you had, I don't know, 45 seconds-ish left on the clock. Um, what's, what's going through your mind at that point? Yeah, I want to walk back just a little bit though. So the clean and jerk started out as a lighter weight and I always was really good at speed ladders. I love doing them. I love doing them in practice. Um, it was just something that was like really fun that I could just like knock out. And so the first heat, um, when Dave brought us back to move on to, you know, the next heat, um, he announced the winner and it was me. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was the fastest. I was just going out and do my thing. Um, and so that was, that was a cool moment and everyone like cheered and everyone, you know, was like really excited for me. And then you move on do the next heat. but the back to back in between warmups was you maybe had done one lift or two or something, then you were lining up and then would wait when, then we waited and waited and waited. So in the crowd, and then we finally went out when we finally got to that last heat, it wasn't that I couldn't clean it. It was that I couldn't power clean it. And that's the only thing that I had warmed up because all the others were power clean and jerk because you wanted to move faster. So by the time we got to that heat, I was like, I can't, this is going to be a PR. I think it was 235 on the barbell. It was definitely going to be a PR for my power clean. It's not a PR for my squat clean, which my squat clean was, I think, 248. So something reasonable that I could get under. Um, Anyway, so then I was excited and then I missed it. And then I was like, dang it, I lost third place or whatever. I was just in contention. I just kind of rushed it. If maybe I just slowed down just a little bit. And this is like another error. Like I 
won all the other heats. I was so, it was so fun to get up there. And then just the slight error of like trying to rush to make it to third place instead of just, you know, two more seconds of a breath lock in, hit that power clean, like know that it's going to lock it in in the first, then I could have secured a, you know, more points and you need more every place is, you know, five, 10 points. But then I was like, okay, it's fine. I, again, secured fifth place. Like you said, Tia is obviously a really good friend. She was, she's a great lifter. Everyone knows she's a great lifter. And obviously she was on standing on um, the finish line and she just looked at me and she was like, no, you have to finish. You can't just give up. And, you know, just having her talk to you and other teammates and, or not teammates, but competitors talk to you and like cheer you on. It's like, okay, I definitely can do this. And you just kind of want to do it for yourself. Not just because you finished the workout, but we do that in the gym anyways, like at, you know, with my membership, with any gym that you go into, you're like, it doesn't matter if you're last, let's try and finish because you are capable of doing it and your capacity is, and you are, you're there, just get there. It honestly doesn't matter. Like, but we're all here standing, having your back. So let's do this together. So the fact that the crowd got on their feet, Tia had everyone, you know, all the competitors were there. And then, so I locked it in and I was like, okay, let's go. And I think I squat cleaned because I know I can't, I don't remember if I squat cleaned or power cleaned at this moment, I would have to watch it. But um, anyways, I made the lift and it was just super exciting because um, one, the crowd and the adrenaline and all the fans have your back, but also the competitors have your back, their competitors at the same time, but they also want you to do your best too, you know? So that's cool. I think that's one of the best things about CrossFit is that as much as and you can kind of tell this from watching as much as you are all as you say competitors on the field you also all really have each other's backs do you think that you know say you were there on your own lifting like do you still think you would have kept going to that point as you say you would have done in the gym but like having everyone there did it just give you that extra bit in the tank that you needed probably, probably not just because I had already tried twice I was like okay time's up you know like but, you know, if I was preparing for this particular workout, I probably would have done it over and over and over until I hit it or figured out like, okay, I need a warm up. Maybe I have to have my squat clean warmed up. So I'm ready to go and do squat clean all the way up to that letter and not just power clean and squat clean at the end. Right. So my legs are toned. So uh, warm. Um, so it probably would have been a different strategy at that time, but because you don't have, you didn't know what the workout was until the day of, and you don't have that much time to warm up and it's just go, go, go. Um, you know, strategies definitely change. Yeah, I can imagine. So when you're there, because again, it's something we don't see, as you say, there's a lot of wait time. Is that the same with every event or do you kind of go straight from warm up into a workout or do you have that kind of period of time every time? <laughs> there's a lot of wait time. <laughs> and that's how you have to like train, you know, it was different. Um, I mean, in the last couple of years, they could have changed that, but because they want all the athletes like ready. Um, no, there's definitely a lot of wait time. I would say at least 15, 20 minutes of standing before you go out. And did yes. you at the time? Yeah. So did you kind of at the time 
train that way as well, kind of warm up. So some days I wouldn't warm up at all and I would just go straight to a workout or I would warm up and then I would go talk to members or take a break and walk around and sit down or whatever, and then come out and hit the wad, have people set it up for me. Um, you know, or what, whatever the situation was, I tried to, you try to change, you don't train the same every day. Every day is different because that's what the games is. You don't know what you're getting. It's the unknown. Um, you want to just be ready for anything and you have to make sure you're taking care of your body at the same time, because going from a cold, you know, sitting or standing and then going into 100% intensity is super hard on the body. So you have to make sure that you're also taking care of your body. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so looking back, obviously, like that's a, a real memorable games moment. But do you have any that really stick in your mind that when you look back at your time kind of com- like competing at the games that it's probably like a favorite memory for you? Um, there's moments in like all the games, I feel like that you are your favorite. There's learning curves and your workouts that you hate and you don't do well and you don't excel um and you look back and you're like okay but I learned so much from that and that made me a better athlete today and a training partner and 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 you can keep going from those experiences and there's also times when you're like all my work from the years past was to for this particular event mm-hmm. right and that event is like a milestone of like, I excelled, but I don't know if the excelling part beats the learning part for yeah. me. So is that what you take away from it? Your every workout is just, what can I learn from this? Yeah, because you're trying to find your limit, right? And if you excel at all the workouts, then you've kind of, you're like, okay, they're then I found the limit, I, you know, I can't go any further, but the ones that you don't excel at and the ones that you can keep getting better at, you're like, I don't have a limit on this. I'm going to just keep working and working and working and until finally those get better. Right. Yeah, definitely. Is there any workouts that you remember that you would just literally never do again that you were like, oh, no, bro, I don't even have to think about it. I'm <laughs> never, never even going to get on a rower ever again in my life. That was like the most miserable thing. I'm sitting waiting for Dave to announce our first workout. I was sitting next to China and Lauren Fisher. And I said, if we have to do another marathon row, I'm literally going to walk out and quit these games. <laughs> and I said it and then he announced it. Sorry, it was a half marathon. Then he announced the full marathon. And I literally sunk in my seat. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they looked at me and they're like, are you going to walk out? (laughs) Now I really have to think about it. But that was so miserable for me. So like, I just was like, I don't even know if I tried on the workout because it was just so boring and miserable. And I I never want to get on a row ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, from all the like interviews or everything I've ever watched about that marathon row, I've never once heard anyone say anything positive about it. It was awful. It was awful. Your muscles, you're just not ready to do four hours, you know, of one movement, monostructure movement, and your your muscles are just seizing and 
it, you just, you weren't, you weren't prepared for it. Now people are more prepared. They'll sit on a bike for four hours. They'll go for a marathon row or run. Um, you know, like Christy Aramo was always like really good because she did triathlon running. So her body was adapt adapted for that, but I definitely had never been on a structure for four hours before. I, I cannot imagine what that was like. Um, and just, yeah, watching all of like the pain in all your faces, um, and it, I, I still can't believe they made you do it, <laughs> but it's a good way to kind of start the weekend, I suppose. Um, how? No, it was the worst way to start the weekend, but <laughs> yeah, I guess it was over with on the day one. Yeah, I mean, imagine them saying, "Oh no, you're gonna, this is going to be the last workout of the weekend." <laughs> it would be a lot. Um, but kind of after 2018, obviously, as you said, um, a couple of minutes ago. 2018 was you put everything into it you were looking to kind of stop competing and start a family going into 2019 with regards to CrossFit a lot of things changed anyway like regionals when um there were lots of new kind of ways to get to the games had you intended on not competing that year already or was it I'm gonna see where I'm at when the open comes around etc yeah, no, we had started our IVF process that year. So we knew I wasn't competing. And for me, because I was doing IVF, I had to sign um, the drug release that I wouldn't get drug tested because I was going to be on hormones and none of those could pass uh, CrossFit anyway. So I had to sign that and I actually still haven't taken my name off the list. And so that's why I haven't competed in the open, even though I've done the workouts is because my name hasn't been up there. It's because I keep having babies and, and so I have to sign and you have to do it six months in advance. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't ever, I always forget by the time it comes up. Yeah. But you still obviously like, obviously you were owning a, you still own a box and you coached and everything. Do you still get involved with the open? Is it, is it more fun now that you're not kind of in it competitively or is it still the same amount of pressure? Yeah, so it's different because I definitely um, don't pay as much attention to it. Um, I don't know if it's more fun. Um, it's because again, like I'm a competitive athlete. I want to be in it. I want to do, I want to do it and I want to compete. Um, so just standing back and watching people is definitely a different side. I love watching semifinals and not having like the pressure of like all the training and stuff, but I definitely was like, oh my gosh, these workouts were so fun. I want to definitely, I want to, I want to do them. So I can't really answer that for you. <laughs> but I suppose, I suppose it's different, isn't it? Every year and everything's different. Uh, going into your career now, I suppose, obviously you were coaching anyway, but changing your focus, I suppose. So you were, you, you were coaching CrossFit and now you obviously still have elements of that, but why did you change your focus? And do you want to kind of talk a little bit about what your focus is now? Yeah, so now I do prenatal and postnatal pregnancy coaching um, and nutrition coaching. It's all online and I do see a couple of clients. I did see a couple of clients um, at my house in Florida. Now I'm we're building a house, so I'm in Utah waiting for our house to build. I, we live with my mom. Um, but our focus really changed because I had kids, right? Our, the gyms were 45 minutes, 30 minutes, and an hour away. We had three CrossFit gyms. And my first son was so difficult to get in the car. He would scream and he would, it was the 45 minutes was dreadful. He would get foam in his mouth. He would just cry and cry and cry. And so by the time I got there, I had to soothe him and tend to him. I wasn't focusing on the members. So it just kind of like 
what's a priority, right? Is it the gym or is it my son? Well, obviously my son's going to come first. So those days of going every day to the gym and all day dwindled. And I would be the first person to say like, when I was pregnant, oh, my son will be in the gym with me all day. Like every day we'll just hang out. Like we'll be fine. Uh, but I quickly learned as a parent, like that my schedule is not going to fly. Like I have to follow what he needs. And so then it became one day a week. And then it was like every other week. And then it was like once a month and it just kind of dwindled. And I wasn't giving enough to the members, um, which is like so sad to me because I really loved it. And I put a lot of effort in to the gyms and I was there 24 seven. I slept, (laughs) did everything. I did all the equipment change. I cleaned the floors. I, you know, I cleaned the toilets. Like I was, and all the admin, I did everything in the gym. Um, but then when I had my son, I, I couldn't do that, um, as much. So the focus just changed. So we got, we sold the gyms and closed the gyms down and, um, turned into pregnancy. And I've always done nutrition coaching, but really took that more full-time and um, pre and postnatal. And I really love the passion of that because there's so much unknown, um, especially, while working out and doing CrossFit of what the knowledge is for that and what the safety is and what your body um, needs to do to prep for having a baby. But not only that, it's to take care of like your core and take care of your uh, pelvic floor to lead you on after for postpartum. So when you're doing box jumps again and you're doing jumper rope and you're running, you're not having leakage or, you know, and um, peeing your pants. So, you know, a lot back in the day, people would do box jumps and girls would pee and they were like, oh, it's normal. It's, you know, it's just doing CrossFit and it's not normal. We need to learn how to take care of it and do therapy and make sure our abs are connecting again. And so there's so much that goes into it. And then on multiple pregnancies, like, okay, you can lift heavy on their first one, but should you be lifting heavy on your third one? Are you capable of doing it? Yes. But is your pelvic floor, you know, and your core able to handle that through pregnancy? Yeah. But maybe after like you might have some, um, some like concerns that come up like prolapse or, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. So just taking that knowledge and like, I, read all the time about this and I get with other experts and I, you know, like my knowledge is always growing. And so just taking my knowledge and my experience and all that, and trying to be an expert in the field and being an expert in the field and helping other women really is so, so cool to me. And there's so much where you can help. And just a lot of women we don't know. And a lot of, I mean, you're not supposed to be an expert as a CrossFit coach, right? And so that's why you get an expert in this. So again, there's just so much knowledge and stuff that I can share um, and uh, that I want to share. And I want to help other women and go through pregnancies and have good pregnancies and, you know, return to their fitness routine afterwards. Uh, yeah. And you said it's so, so important. And it's, it's such a large percentage of people that again, we probably don't even think about. Um, so you're currently expecting your third and I, what's the difference like between how much you knew I suppose with your first child and you were kind of learning all these new things now see you're an expert because that's what you do for a living but do you feel like personally with your your pregnancy and how you're doing Jill are you kind of like yeah I'm an expert I've got this now is it easier now 
Yeah, um, it's definitely easier. Definitely, um, yes, everything is easier, but there's always like learning stuff. So like currently in this pregnancy, I'm definitely not lifting as heavy as I want to be because I'm trying to protect my pelvic floor. So, um, and my core so that I can recover afterwards very well, but there's also stuff that like I go in and I want to learn more. Um, so it's ever evolving and every pregnancy is so different that you can't compare your first to your second, your second to your third and all that, or my, or mine to my friends or mine to my clients or who's ever, because every pregnancy is different. Everyone has different things at different weeks of it. So that's also the beauty of, um, pregnancy. Yeah. And I I love it because I think you're even looking like on your Instagram, you give so much and so, um, so much information to so many different people and everything. Um, do you kind of love that you can share so much now? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to hold anything back. So I want someone to come to me because they feel that they can trust me and they can get this knowledge and I'm not just hiding it and holding it back. I want to be able to share it. And if you want more, like I have more to give you. Um, but this is like general information that I can just share with the world. But obviously like my clients get a whole lot more information. <laughs> yeah. I definitely still want you to be open. Like, and if you come to me and you message me on Instagram and you know, you want some advice or you want this, I like, I'm not going to be like, well, you have to pay me first. <laughs> no, I'm going to like share the information and then building that trust. Hopefully then you say, okay, this is the coach for me, or I'm not the coach for you. And you need to go find a coach that is for you. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure many people will be coming to your Instagram now after this and being like, Oh, what can I get? Um, I'm going to do some quick fire questions with you in just a second. But before we get on to that and wrap up, do you see kind of like what do you see in your future, I suppose, from a, a CrossFit perspective? Obviously, you've got you're growing your family and so much going on. But do you ever see yourself getting back out onto the competition floor? <laughs> I have friends that ask me that every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's unknown right now because I have to focus on my family, my family, my children, they get 100% priority. I love that. And I'm sure you'd be very, very welcome to whenever you did choose to return. If you did, there's always yeah. the, the rogue legends. I always think that's a great way to get back into it. Um, but I'm gonna, before I let you go, we just have some quick fire questions, which I'm sure probably have changed over the years massively for you, the answers to this, um, okay. as your workouts have changed. But firstly, your favorite lift. A snatch. First person that said that. Exciting. Um, what about your favorite overall movement? Overall movement? Uh, probably uh, maybe bar muscle-ups. I love that. Um, your preferred shoes that you work out in? I know this probably changes quite a lot regarding what you're doing, but in general? I have the Reebok Nano X2s on currently. <laughs> I'll take them. Um, what about a gym accessory that you can't live without? I think you're looking around like, what can I find? <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't know. I do clothes count, shorts and a sports bra. <laughs> yeah, they count. I mean, you can't live without them. Um, what about a fa your favorite benchmark workout? Oh, none. <laughs> <laughs> I've done them so much. I think they're like tedious to like keep doing over and over again. 
Yeah, we'll have to find it. We'll get a new benchmark workout and you can do that. <laughs> um, and then my final question for you, and I know you've competed with some amazing, amazing people. And as you say, you keep up to date with all the semifinals, etc. But if you could build and be in a, a dream team for the games, who would be your, your three competitors alongside you? There's so many because everyone is so good at different things. Um, I'm, I'm not going to name people on here because I would, I would just probably pick my friends because we can communicate very well instead of picking like the best athletes. So I'd just pick my friends. That's fair enough. It's all about fun at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. And getting, getting to work out with friends is, is amazing. But thank you so, so much um, for all of the knowledge and the stories. It has been such a pleasure to chat. Um, really appreciate your time. So thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me on here and um, it was a pleasure.